Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Area 51. We hope you guys liked the last episode. Uh, we got some pretty good feedback about it. Uh, a lot of folks reached out thanking us for the information and also thanking John. We appreciate the feedback. We've actually made it a point to talk about it in every episode. The more feedback we get from you guys, it actually helps us improve our content because we know what kind of stories or what kind of episodes you guys are looking for. Right Sanjay? Oh yeah, for a fact. I mean, we are what we are only because of that feedback that we receive from you our listeners. You take some time off of your day to listen to what we have to say and we we always appreciate that and it's it's great to always hear back from you know what what we're doing wrong what we need to do better and occasionally what we tend to get right as well and speaking of doing the right thing uh today's episode is uh is a bit i'd say for the lack of better triggering uh, personally for me uh, and i'm assuming you rahul as well uh, 100% and i think triggering for anyone who's gone through an f1 journey and also even if you've not if you're a human being with emotions it will trigger you <laughs> that's just uh, stated like that yeah i mean like the sort of things that that we've discussed you know uh, the folks we have on this episode today have talked about it it's sort of the experience that you would imagine associate someone who's trying to go to a a third world country like north korea or something like that but this this happened to you know a couple of folks who were trying to move to the united states Yeah I I have no words. Background for our listeners, uh, you guys all must have seen the news. The last couple of weeks there were some headlines stating that about 15 16 Indian students who had just come on F1 visa were about to enter US for the first time and start their uh, fall semesters were actually detained at the airports and deported back to India without being given any actual reasons. Sanjay and I saw it, we scoured the headlines, we read as many news articles as we could and we really couldn't find any concrete information there as to what happened why they were stopped did they do something wrong so we uh, we actually came into uh, contact with a bunch of students who actually had to go through this they were amongst the 15 students who were stopped and sent back we don't exactly know what happened in there so we thought we'd talk to them and see what their experiences were and hope that folks listening to this podcast can be a little more educated on what actually happened and what the students had to go through and how they're dealing with it right now so welcome guys for all all of the listeners tuning in we We've got Balaji and Manisha, who were two of the students who were actually detained when they were when they arrived at US at one of the airports when they're about to pursue their masters. They were actually detained and without really giving them a lot of explanations, they were deported back to India. We've seen a lot of articles, a lot of speculations out in the news, putting out random facts, so not even trying to get to it. So we all wondered what the actual story was. and trying to get to the bottom of it and uh, we've got an opportunity to do so because Balaji and Manish have been super brave they've been willing to actually come and tell us and share the horrific experiences that they went through so uh, thanks for coming in guys and we've also got John again on another episode that's right guys you guys liked the last episode so much we got John back again <laughs> i think at this point we should just uh, call him one of the members of the podcast but uh, we've got John as well to see if there's anything we can do to help help Balaji and Manisha and uh, anyone else in the same problem so thanks f- to everyone for calling in and uh, let's get started you guys want to start off with a quick round of introduction balaji and manisha yeah sure so hey guys so myself balaji shrinivas swami i'm from uh, 
Bangalore, India. So I've been born up in uh, born and brought up in Bangalore, and uh, I'm a mechanical engineering graduate, and uh, I have uh, work. I've been working in Volvo since uh, as a material controller. But then recently, I quit my job to pursue my masters in uh, US in Saint Louis University in uh, aerospace engineering. As you guys know, uh, I all of this uh, have news I've been hearing regarding the recent detention so this is what has happened so far in my life yeah so hi uh, myself manisha so even i was working in volvo for like from past one and a half year in volvo itself and uh, i uh, quit volvo to pursue my masters uh, in mechanical engineering in st louis so basically i have done my bachelor's in mechanical engineering and uh, yeah so far uh, we had plans of pursuing masters and uh, well, we ended up back in india that's about me every time i hear saint louis i keep looking at sanjay because i don't know if you guys know because saint louis is actually very very close to for me and sanjay because we both uh, went to universities right by there it was uh, part of the missouri system when when you guys said saint louis you know, first time i read the article and even now every time i hear the word it just it just hits so close to home and uh, i just keep looking at sanjay i was like it's just unfortunate that happened at that that university because SLU it's actually a very reputed university a lot of times you hear that there are universities that hold these scams and you know you go there and you get deported and it's not something we come to expect out of SLU because that's actually a very reputed university it's pretty famous in St. Louis we've known people who've gone there yeah it just uh, hits too close to home when you when we hear you guys say St. Louis University right Sanjay it's crazy like you folks are like you know folks with like work experience and like and actually coming for a master it's not like you know you're trying to like work around the system for your advantage and you're, you genuinely decided to like literally end your careers in india and, and take a shot at you know getting better credentials with you know the us education system and it's, it's very unfortunate that you had to go through this and and i wanted to like thank both of you balaji and manisha once again for you know coming on the podcast and reliving the nightmare that you had to go through thank you so much for that do you guys want to take us through um, how it was once you left india and uh, once you landed could you take us through that please mm, yeah sure uh, manisha would you like to start or we like we'll do it part by part yeah it's okay we can do it part by part because see, oh, the experience what we both uh, had was similar itself because we both uh, started a journey together from india so from bangalore we both started journey a journey so we can just do it like part by part so we can go ahead balaji yeah so uh, the thing is we started our journey in bangalore on uh, 14th uh, early morning that's 120 am flight so our flight uh, itinerary was we were going from bangalore to paris Paris to Atlanta and Atlanta to St. Louis. So Atlanta was our port of entry. So where the immigration check was supposed to happen. We had an amazing flight from uh, both uh, Bangalore to Paris and uh, Paris to Atlanta. But uh, then Atlanta, when we reached, we reached around 12.30, we landed again. So by the time we came in, had the basic security check, like there's a person in the glass box, uh, a security, a police officer who will be checking uh, our documents. So I just went in, he just asked me my passport. So he just asked me a few basic questions like, uh, where are you from? Why have you come to US? And I just answered him accordingly. I've come to pursue my master's since uh, he asked which university, which course. So those three basic questions he just asked me. And then later he asked Manisha as well. was the same questions and uh, then we just answered the same thing uh, she also answered because it was the same college but hers was a different course in mechanical once we answered those questions he was just going through our uh, passport and then he'll be like okay you all have to go through an immigration check so just wait here and he put our passports in uh, two transparent envelope leaves uh, and he called in a police escort and said that you just follow him he'll take you to the immigration uh, check area and uh, from there you'll be guided so we the escort guy came and uh, we went 
know, there was a huge room, like a immigration room, where all types of uh, immigrants had come, and it's aging from small kids till uh, old uh, senior citizens. So when we went in, they just uh, escort instructor is telling that they just wait here, your name will be called, only then you can come out. Unless that, until your name is called, don't come out. Uh, is what they told us. We were like, okay, we were waiting, and then uh, we were just waiting, and then first Manisha was called, so she will tell what happened with her. So uh, before. Uh... I just wanted to, like, before I go there, like, do both of you know each other before you, like, you know, moved to the US? Yeah, we both were employees in Volvo, so we were, like, colleagues. Okay, okay, okay. We met each other at Volvo, so Manisha had actually tried to go to Germany initially, and then I was applying for US, and then I told her, okay, this is how US thing, you know, and she's like, okay, because uh, she also said, okay, I mean, I'm interested in going to US, and we both, from there, we became close friends, and now we just started to go together to US. We applied to the same colleges, and luckily, we got uh, this college, and together so we just flew together yeah so as he said like the entire thing was same until we come into that room so there he uh, the officer called out my name first and i went there and uh, he asked my i-20 so i gave him the i-20 and then uh, his first question was like what is the purpose of visit i told him my purpose of visit is to pursue my master's in uh, mechanical engineering then he was like why do you choose this university i told him i chose this university because you know we get a great curriculum and uh, we get a nice education system here for example we get to choose our own subjects and also we get a chance of taking uh, subjects from different departments like management side or different uh, you know like uh, computer science we have that flexibility in choosing our own curriculum so I told him and then he asked my funding then uh, I told him yes I sanctioned a loan of 35 uh, lakhs from uh, Incred and then uh, he asked like have you paid a tuition fees I said no then he like why, did, why didn't you pay a tuition fees I told him that uh, we had a pre-departure pre-arrival session from SLU itself where, where she specified us not to pay tuition fees until and unless we reach the until and unless we reach US so I told him uh, see uh, because uh, we had an inform- confirmation from the university side saying that there's no need to pay tuition fee until unless we come to, uh, to US and attend the orientation so he was like no I can't take this you haven't paid tuition fees you have not come here to study you have come here to work I, I gave him all kinds of uh, documentation stating that I have loan sanction of so much worth and they even show him my CA letter stating that we are worth of so much you know dollars that uh, we can pay tuition fees easily but uh, he was like no you have not paid tuition fees then uh, another officer came for, as soon as he uh, you know came there he just took the I-20 and he was like oh St. Louis University so then uh, he just stated like you know these guys gonna have a pretty bad day from my side like that's how he stated that in front of you yeah, yeah exactly in front of me even I was kind of surprised so I was I just felt like okay this person is really going to send few people like we thought we we're gonna have a bad day we didn't imagine that they send us first of all we just, I thought it would be a very bad day for us but Manisha quick question there you had an approved bank loan and then you showed them that paper saying that we've got it approved for our education even then exactly yes i had shown him the sanctioned loan which i had also carried with that i provided him the bank's uh, statement from my parents side and also the ca letters stating that we have so much network in india with respect to dollars also so i gave him all that but then he didn't and then i even provided him a mail confirmation stating that see this has been dispersed the amount has also been dispersed was around 14 lakhs in indian currency it's been dispersed so he was like no no you haven't paid the tuition fees no so i just want some like to provide some context to our audience you know before we go further my understanding rahul correct me if i'm wrong my experience is like typically you pay the fees only once you register for classes like at the university and that's right i paid after coming here yeah the same for me so the idea is we we go and we register uh we attend the student orientation and even if you want to you know 
talk to some of the professors because this is a grad grad level course and so our understanding is that you talk to some of the professors understand what the coursework is and then go ahead and register for your classes and pay whatever fees needs to be paid because even though you have to take a minimum of 3 subjects you have the option of taking more than 3 so if you want to take 6 7 your your semester tuition goes up so the expectation is that as soon as you register your classes and by the time orientation is done you finish the payment so the information that the universities gave you manishan balaji is actually pretty accurate that's what is expected you did not break any rules there yeah exactly i don't know why but they did that to us and uh, as i said another prof- another officer came and then he was like again asking the same question so why did you do uh, he asked me like how many universities had you applied before i told him i had applied for arizona state university and then uh, st louis and uh, university of new haven so in all the three actually i got admission also for all the three universities i was oh, wow. admitted but uh, i mean i got the offer letter yeah but i chose st louis one reason is we got the scholarship he was like why did you choose so uh, like when i checked for arizona state university see we basically uh, people from middle class so we usually see the yep. price also right yep. tuition fees exactly. and all so so it was around 62k dollars and uh, slow was 42000 dollars so i chose with that also i i got a scholarship of 5.5k scholarship was also provided by uh, provided from slow and with that uh, i had curriculums like which i was interested in like additive manufacturing production system so i was i'm a person who wanted to pursue something into supply chain and uh, manufacturing so slow was providing me this kind of curriculum which was actually which i was looking forward so i told the exact same thing stating that see this is the reason why i chose slow then he was like no you have not chosen for this you just came here to just work here you didn't come here to you know study you are just student and then later he called balaji when i was standing there itself uh, he called balaji uh, balaji can continue your experience with respect to that yeah so basically after manisha went in after half an like 15 20 minutes i was called so as soon as i went in uh, he just asked my passport and uh, as soon as he took my passport the first question he asked was like uh, what is the purpose of your trip today and uh, why have you come to us and which university and why which course and all that so i explained him i've come to us to pursue my masters in aerospace engineering in st louis university and then he was like why did you choose this university i said uh, i had applied for three universities out of which i got uh, i felt among these three the best was st louis university because one reason is because uh, i my dream goal is to become a pilot and st louis also offers a flying school with faa certified uh, accreditation so that's one advantage and also the curriculum basically which st louis offered the course structure was so good where i could even though i was going in aerospace i could take subjects from mechanical and also other streams which i felt was required for uh, the aeronautical field and also they provided me a scholarship of around 5500 and i heard it's one of the most oldest and reputed uh, institutions in missouri so that's the reason i took it uh, i told him and then uh, he was like okay just wait a second and I was just he was just checking something on my this one and suddenly he was like give me your phone i was just shocked like okay like when you someone randomly asks you something phone i never expected you would ask my phone alex your phone he's like yeah oh, just give me your phone i was like okay you can take it and he asked me to unlock my phone i unlocked it and gave it to him and then he was like open unlock me unlock your whatsapp so i unlocked my whatsapp and i gave it to him then he was like okay he was just checking through my phone and all i was just waiting there and then he was like okay you guys uh, he told me and like the other guy beside uh, manisha who was initially taking the interview for her he just slipped on two papers to me and 
and manisha oh, those so uh, it was a slip stating that uh, the immigration at us atlanta immigration have the right to check all of our phones laptops or any documents they desire to and, and that they have the authority to do so and if we do not comply with it then we'll be it will be a problem for us so i was like okay fine then he was like are you guys sure that you are not indulged in any illegal activities or any illegal intentions to enter us are you sure because if you lie now henceforth if you lie it will be a problem for you i'm like no sir we have no intentions other than to come and study and pursue my masters that's the only reason why i have come to us nothing else so he was like okay fine think twice and answer uh, because if you lie you will be in big trouble like oh, no sir we are definitely telling the truth and then later he made uh, he told manisha to go back and sit in the room but he asked me to sit outside the room there's a small waiting area like just in case the room was overfilled and then some people could sit outside he made me wait and sit outside so i was just watching there like i was the only person who was getting the access to see what was happening with everyone other than us so when we went in we two were the first uh, indian students who came in after that one by one all the indian students were coming in for the immigration check so by the time we ended uh, like our uh, all of those things ended there were four, 14 to 15 people other than us but when we both came in we were the first two indians who came so i could see everybody was coming in and what all uh, interview was happening with interrogation or interviews that were happening with the immigration officers quick question all of them were slu students uh no among the 15 people i think five were uh, non slu other 10 were uh, slu so before we uh, balaji before you can continue i just wanted to like get in john's opinion on something like is my understanding correct that an immigration officer can ask for you know your phones and and go through something like your whatsapp messages legally is that is that legal yeah so when you're coming through the port of entry so the the thought of having somebody demand you know your papers and your personal effects to just randomly rummage through them is pretty offensive to most people if you're in the US already if you've made it through the port of entry they have to get a warrant to do that but the rules of the port of entry are different so you're allowed to inspect things before it comes into the country and so yes they can now if you have a family member fedex your phone to you and fedex your computer to you 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 might avoid that whole situation okay okay uh, but then i i guess like that's you we are so dependent on phones these days like i think it would pretty much be impossible to do that yeah at this point in time all right baji let's uh, pick up where you stopped yeah so basically uh, when he he sent me back uh, to sit in the outside waiting area well the uh, manisha was sent back to the immigration room so being outside i could see all the students coming into the immigration room and going and having their interviews with the immigration officer and then going back to the room so what i was seeing what i could see was that what was happening with us was similarly happening to other indian students as well so and at the same time i could see various taunts receiving i, I was receiving from the immigration officer where he used to stare at me he used to give an eye stare see i would just be seeing the immigration panel what is happening there but every time by any chance i looked at him he would be looking at me so it's like he was wantingly trying to like you know taunting me with his eyesight or something like that so that was like very harsh for me to go through like he was staring at me non-stop and he was just checking what was he doing every time my entire interview everything happened through one guy itself basically after that uh, later uh, he called me again after half an hour or i think half an hour one hour time he just called me back he's like balaji come here so i just went in so what was happening was because i was outside i could see what was exactly happening like i said before every person whose interview was cleared or when the immigration check was done they were giving back their passport along with the white sheet of paper a four side sheet of paper so when i went in uh, to the panel uh, he just told uh, wait one second and he went to grab a sheet of white paper so i thought okay finally nothing is going to no problem is going to happen he's going to clear my passport and send me to you 
address but then to my complete shock he is like he's just giving me a piece of paper with the sheet written with the information reading saying that uh, the, we find that you're not a legitimate student to enter the united states and there's a chance we might not agree your uh, admission to the united states and you, there's a chance you, you might or might not be barred to enter the united states for f- one or five years so i am like completely shook to my nerves like what is actually happening is this even real is he is giving me a paper saying that there is a chance they might uh, cancel my visa and ban me to enter united states for five years i am like he is just told read this piece of paper and then come back to me i was so shocked like what is happening and all that and then later he's like go there and read so i just went there back to my seat and i was reading the paper and then again i went back to him sir i have read it then he just asked me hey, did you understand whatever is there in the paper like yeah i understood sir but what is happening i'm not able to understand i'm completely shocked it says my documents are not right and it's also he said the statement telling that you do not have documents with legal proof or legally attested so we don't find you uh, admissible to enter the united states i'm like sir it's mentioning that uh, the documents are not right but i can show you all my documents it's all legally attested with proof but he was like just answer whatever i'm going to ask i don't want to hear anything else i'm like okay sir and then he's like raise your right hand so basically you know how it happens a trial in a court like you swear on a book or just raise your right hand and say take a oath telling that what you're going to say is the truth so that's how it's happened with me so i, I was standing there with my right hand raised up telling that whatever i say is going to be the truth and if i lie it will be used against me and i'll be in trouble so basically this was an interrogation interview so whatever i say depending on my answers and how i speak they shall decide if they want to take me in or not like a second chance like a background check type so in this interrogation interview basically he started asking me questions from my birth like till i came to us like where was i born what's my parents name what are they doing what is my full name where did i go for schooling then where did i go for my high school where did i go for my college where did i do my engineering everything from detail it was almost a half an hour this interview and then later he again asked me the same questions okay why have you come to us so again i answered the similar way telling that uh, i've come to us to pursue my master's in aerospace like why did you choose st louis university i told sir like i said earlier i chose it because among the three colleges i had gotten admit for this is the best university which offered me a scholarship and the course structure was so good i could choose subjects from different streams but the other two universities didn't allow me to do that their course was little structured and uh, not so flexible so that's why i chose this later he was like okay you can go sit down i have spoken enough to you but again after some time he called me back balaji come here in that interview he showed me my phone and asked what is this idp chat because he had gone through my whatsapp so he's like what is this idp chat so i explained him what idp is basically a consultancy it's one of the high educational consultancy which helps students pursue their dreams abroad so i got to know about it from my cousin sister who went to australia through idp she told it's very good they guide you in the right way possible so you don't have any problems with visa or anything like that so that's why i went through idp so it's one of the most recognized institutions educational consultancy in india it helps in students to shortlist the perfect university for the student and then help with the admission process help the visa process and uh, so basically it will be a smooth experience for us so that's the reason i took idp i told him and then uh, later he was like so did they prepare you for any interview uh, because he had checked my chat with my personal consultant and in the group as well she had shared a document of questions which are the most plausible questions which could come so he's like uh, what are these questions what is this document i said so this is the material provided by idp which says the most possible questions that can be asked in the interview so that's why i went through it he's like so were you coached for an interview i said yes sir i was coached for an interview they just prepared us for it. just like how you prepare for any job interview or any interview yeah, basically in your life so i just prepared it for that because us interview is one of the hardest uh, visa interview is one of the hardest to crack so that's why i wanted to go through the consultancy so like do you know it's against the immigration law to be coached for an interview i'm like sir i wasn't aware because most of the people i know who are already in us are also gone through idp and many other countries also they go through idp and other consultancies and irrespective of idp providing us the document these uh, materials are available on google quora youtube because my friends who didn't go through a consultancy got these questions from 
YouTube. Literally, every forum online has these questions. That's what I told him. Other than IDP, there's so many other alternatives which has these questions and all that. Suddenly, he got extremely furious and he's like, you know, you're actually a fraud. He started shouting on him. I'm like, sir, I was like, what is he even, what is even happening right now? He's like, you're a fraud. You have been coached for an interview and they have taught you to give scripted answers and lie so that you can just clear the interview and enter the US. That's what you wanted to do. Just you have just turned, tried every possible thing to enter the US and now you have come here to st- work, not study. I'm like, sir, I'm telling you, I don't have to work because I have an, a bank loan of 50 lakhs. That's in Indian rupees. So my course costs only 35 lakhs. In that, I've got a scholarship of 5 lakhs. So that's just 30 lakhs. And I have an on-campus job also of $1,000 per month. So I'll be saving money from that. And with that only, I can cover my living expense. And I also have 20 lakhs extra. So I don't have to work outside. Then he was like, uh, why have you joined this SLU handshake? So SLU handshake is basically a small uh, portal in SLU where they provide us internships and also connect us with the employers. So this was told to us in the webinar, like the last webinar uh, we had before we came to uh, US with the St. Louis University Dean. So with her, she told that you can join this, it will help you. So in that portal, I applied for an internship on project management and I got that internship as well. It was an online internship and they also offered a $1,000 micro scholarship. So basically what if I completed an internship, I would be paid $1,000 and it would be reduced in my fees automatically. So I told him, sir, this is how dedicated I am to complete the course. If I wanted to work, I wouldn't be going for all these internships and all that. So he's like, no, I don't trust you. You have just come here to work. I don't want to hear anything. So like, please, sir, I can show you all the documents. Every document I have is ready with me. If you ask me any document, I'll give it to you. But he didn't check any of my documents. He was not at all ready to check anything. And I later suddenly he's like, uh, have you paid the university? So he asked me, did you register for class? I was like, yes, sir, I registered for my class. Then he's like, have you paid the university fees? I'm like, no, sir, I haven't paid the university. So you haven't paid anything to the university, he asked me. I was like, no, sir, I have paid a initial deposit of $200. Like when I got the admit letter, we had to pay $200 of initial deposit to confirm our admission. Based on the, like once the $200 deposit is paid, then you will be getting a I-20 from the college. So he's like, why have you not paid the university fees? I told him, sir, in my phone, in Gmail app, there's a mail from the university itself stating that you. I had sent two mails to the university link that first mail asking, when can you please provide me the bank details or the account details of the university so that I can pay the university first year tuition fees? Because since my funding is through loan, I have to drop a mail to my bank, which has provides my education loan and they will transfer the amount in four to five days by my, when I send them the account details. That's why I I mailed, uh, sent the same mail to the university but they said no Balaji you don't have to pay immediately come down here attend the orientation and we'll guide you how to pay it and I, later second mail I asked okay sir can you at least uh, provide me the breakup as to how my scholarship will be awarded to me in each year it's like don't worry Balaji like I said in the previous mail all the uh, this will be explained to you in the orientation that's why you come down to the orientation then you can pay the fees but he wasn't ready to see it when I told him sir you can just open it yourself and check the mail but he wasn't ready I was like I don't want to see all that I'm not interested why have you not paid the fees how do I know that you are coming to US to study you, with two hundred dollars would have just showed to just to show us that you're coming to St. Louis, you can pay two hundred dollars. And then once you go there, you might start working there. You might do some illegal activity. How can I trust you? The only way you can trust you that you're coming to your student is to pay the fees. It shows that you're a committed student who's going to pursue his master. I'm like, sir, I wanted to pay. That's what I'm trying to explain. I wanted to pay. That mail says I wanted to pay, but I didn't have a provision to pay. There's no without any bank details, I cannot pay directly, sir. So like, how did you pay the two hundred dollars then? So for that they provided a link. So in that link, but in the first year tuition fees, how to pay, how much to pay, like how is the scholarship? They have to provide the breakup and know I can pay the fees, sir. So it's like no. I don't care about all that. You just go back and sit in your place. And uh, later, he, when I went back to sit in the outside waiting area, he's like, go inside. So that time I went inside and after some time, Manisha was called. So she'll continue. I'm I'm trying to understand the series of events that, that happened here. So one, like uh, Rahul and John, you can correct me if I'm wrong anywhere. My understanding is that it seems like some US immigration officers seem to think that if you get a student visa and enter the US and then you literally just start 
working that you can just get a job like walking into the US and doing whatever you want to do without facing any sort of consequences. I know Balaji you had mentioned this portal that you had mentioned called Handshake for internships. Handshake is a very popular job portal for college students all over the US. I think last year they had raised close to 200 million dollars and they're they're valued at 3.5 billion dollars. It's a very normal way for folks to look for internships and and as a student legally on F1 visa you are allowed to do internships. That's why the CPT and OPT programs are available. That's part of, you know, how the that particular visa is is been set up. And so my thinking here is that there seems to be this very aggressive form of from the officer's perspective to make sure they find some particular statement from this student that says, hey, you know, you have no intention of studying and you're coming here only to work. And in this case, they used Balaji's diligence against him because Balaji, I'll be very honest, not a lot of people are as diligent as you have been because uh, yeah, you've, you've got an internship before coming. You've checked out all the portals that you can do for this. You had on-campus job, you had scholarships. So, And he'd actually sent multiple emails. So he has documented proof stating that he's checked how to pay the fees. He's asked them, give me the breakdown. These are the courses I want. How can I pay it? And he's clearly got proof from the university saying, hey, hold on. Once you guys come here and settle in, you can take care of your payments before you start classes. So it's very uh, strange because <laughs> he's he's checked all his boxes, shown that he's actually here to pursue an education. He's actually here to build his career, you know, pursue that dream where he's gotten his master's, gotten a job legally. If they found a chat or something where Balaji is like asking, hey, how can I work off campus or something? I can understand. But this 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 in this case, he's done everything by the book and they've just like used that against him, which is just disappointing yeah and i don't understand like this perspective like we all know when we go to university when you're a student you're trying to save money right obviously everybody knows that you know in university as a student you're you're pretty much broke all the time so you want to save every dollar that you can get yeah that's by working jobs or getting scholarships or whatever and that's no different for an international student or somebody who's in state or local like it's been the same anywhere in any part of the world i think i did have a question for john actually is it illegal for you to get assistance on how to prepare for your uh, interview questions because it's a very common norm forget international even here right i know that lawyers help people out by uh, helping them prep for interviews and stuff is that illegal no not at all there's nothing wrong with that at all but unfortunately when we're dealing with people at the port of entry at cbp we're not dealing with the cream of a crop of america right they're not highly educated they don't understand the university system and so they assume anybody coming to the country is is coming for an illegal purpose and they they misconstrue and don't understand basic facts that university life, you know, the people in university life go through. And so they're making these wild, wild accusations based on no understanding or no you know, comprehension of how the world works. And this is after a first round of checks that the student has to go through during their visa interview at the consulate back in India itself. That is again after a first check where they actually get admitted to a university and they have to generate a new I-20, which means, you know, putting whatever information about the student on a service portal that's connected with USCIS. So there's already two or three rounds of like checks already been placed before they've landed in the United States physically. Uh, but yeah, 
So yeah, the floor is yours, Manisha. Go ahead, please. Yeah. So like as Balaji said, uh, we uh, you know before coming to SLU itself, me and Balaji had spoken to our HODs also for working in uh, SLU. First of all, we had got ten thousand dollars scholarship. We both had also joined uh, project management, which was for me in August twenty first was my starting of that uh, internship thing for him was somewhere around September. And with that, we had spoken to our university uh, HOD and a few professors who were quite close to us. We even went and picked up one of our professors from uh, Bangalore Airport. Like he had come to Bangalore from US. What? Yeah. So we both went and picked him up and he stays near Balaji's house itself. So we basically went picked him up from the airport and then we went to his house we spoke for some time like how to pack. So that's how close we were with the professors. Wow, this proactive and then there's you guys on top of that. <laughs> this is a whole different level. Like at this point if Rahul and I were entering through Atlanta for sure we'd be the ones on the other side of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We actually spoke them. Yeah, we had Zoom call and all with them, and we spoke. And they even referred us to few of the professors who were taking up for biology, like yeah, how he's into aerospace. Uh, he spoke to one of the professor who was teaching aerospace uh, subjects, and I spoke to one of the professor who was taking uh, robotics. So we had such kind of uh, conversations also. So before we came, we were actually very prepared, and yet we end up in this. Well, uh, as biology said, when he sent us before, no, uh, there was a scene where he took my phone, as I said earlier. He took my phone to check. the uh, email conversation and then uh, then looking at the email he suddenly saw my linkedin account and he was like you know don't lie to me that uh, you're come here to study or come here to work you have a linkedin account i am like what is wrong in having a linkedin account He's like why do you have a linkedin account i told him so i was working in volvo before and uh, being connected is it's pretty good to be in connections with many people so he was like no you have a linkedin account you come here to work i'm like no i'm not come here to work i come here to study i have every proof and he's like what's your curriculum i told him i told all the subjects which i was basically looking forward to and which was also provided from the university he was like hmm okay and then he sent me back then after balaji was called and he has his interview and later he called me and then the same thing happened like how he said the you know the court trial thing or is your right hand and tell you know whatever you're saying is it true same thing happened to me also you asked the same questions again over again from my uh, name everything so basically uh, when we uh, registered for the ds160 form right for the visa so whatever we put that in all like 6 7 pages the same thing the same questions were asked so i said the same thing basically i was more confident to tell him the second time i was like no i'm coming to do this i'm coming to do this so i told the same thing entire thing again my name why i have come here like where did i come there and then he asked me where did i do my uh, bachelor's then uh, he was like give me your bachelor degree or certificate i was like okay fine and then when i was giving him he was like i want to see how does it look in your country so i don't know in what ways he said but it i just felt it was kind of sarcastic like cuz the way he told him the way the face he made was like you know i just want to see your uh, you know the certificate how it is there in your uh, country i'm like okay i provided him my original certificate my uh, bachelor's certificate i received it, it was folded into half when i received it back he folded my original bachelor that is my engineering certificate into half so i don't know how they think that my four years of effort was in that one sheet he had folded it into half i felt so bad i don't know why he did that and then later he took that also and then again he asked my i20 i was like sir i had given it to you earlier he's like i lost it give me another one he had this very bad attitude i don't know why he did that to me like i lost it give me another one so i just gave him another one which i luckily i had carried another one so i gave him that one Wait a second. Like, uh, I don't know if this is a post-COVID thing, but my understanding was that the university issues like sends out a real, like, an original I twenty with the signature of the international student officer, like a vet signature, right? And then whoever the student is, they have to add their own, and that is what is presented at the port of entry. Yes. And so he said he lost that particular document. 
Yeah, which I had manually signed. That's crazy. So he lost it after you handed it to him. Yeah, first time when I came, uh, as I said, the first interview when I asked him, that time he asked my I twenty. So I I gave the original which I had signed by myself. I had another one which was a photocopy of it. So I had carried two different uh, documents, one the original ones and another one was a set of photocopies of everything which I had bought originals. So he had lost the original one. So then later uh, I gave him the, another one which I had a photocopy of it. Uh, then he saw then again the same question like why did you choose this university? Why did you come here? Then I was like see I came here to study came here to do my masters and then uh, again the entire thing was repeated why did you choose this and why did you choose over that university and uh, the same thing was the same then i told him everything actually i was way more confident as i said before like way too fast and confident i told him everything i thought probably i might do it this time and then later uh, he sent me back he was like go sit next to you balaji i'm like okay fine uh, then uh, i sat next to him we were like we were just talking and uh, we were like we just we were kind of lost and we were like maybe it may my letters in we were just talking with this lot like small hopes yeah and before that i uh, before he sent me back i actually asked him so can i make a call to my parents that something is going on because it was almost more than 8 uh, hours i guess no balaji because yeah it was more than 8 hours almost 8 hours because uh, our parents we we had a flight next flight after 8 hours we had to you know at least communicate to our parents regarding what was happening so i told him so can i just make a call to my parents or at least a message would be fine that i'm here something is going on it might be late it's better to inform our parents what's happening and uh, he was like no i can't give your phone back i'm like okay can you do it instead of me he's like okay i'll do it instead of you and then uh, i thought okay fine he'll do it but then ultimately i got to know that he had not called my mom i had not texted my parents that something was going on and i had the basic right to at least talk but he didn't give me a chance and uh, we both were just talking uh, then uh, later uh, he called both of us together he called both of us together and then he just said us one thing your visa has been cancelled and you're going back to your uh, home country tomorrow one shot we started crying started pleading we were like sir you can just talk to us you know we have all documents we have all proof that we are students we are not fake or we are not fraud you know give us another chance we'll talk to you we'll tell everything you can also go through everything he was like no it's done it's better just go sit inside that's it the more we tried to explain them the only thing they were threatening us saying that we'll cuff you and put you inside the cell we were like i will just force you to go inside that's how they said not even kidding john i think you were about to chime in with something No, I was just uh, taking a deep breath at how horrific the situation is. <sighs> we didn't have the basic right to explain ourselves. So even though if we explain stating what is actually it is, he's like if you talk more we'll cuff you or else we'll force you to go inside. And uh, did they have to use physical force on you guys? No, no. no okay, thank God. It doesn't matter what you would have said. They were bound and determined from the moment you came through secondary to return you. No matter what evidence or proof you would have had, the outcome would have been the same, which is the absolute crazy thing about this. Isn't that a bias, John? Like a predetermined bias? Oh, DHS having people who are biased against Indians? I, I can't imagine how that would work. <laughs> well, if anybody didn't understand that John was being sarcastic. <laughs> Now what's next like a student has to have like an immigration lawyer ready for them as soon as they land at the port of entry that is going to have the conversation with an immigration officer so that they don't have to go through something like this It actually ties into a question I was about to ask John uh, Sanjay are they allowed to make calls to lawyers John at this point are they legally entitled to a call to a lawyer So it's a bit of a gray area but right now I would say CBP's position is no you're not allowed to to contact anybody once you're in that process 
yeah when we spoke to one of the officers actually one among them was a lady officer she was not like how these people behave but she was very sweet enough when i asked her she said every person has that one basic right to talk to uh, the embassy or the parents we had a right to make a call one call to either of our parents or embassy and uh, what happened after that panisha yeah so after that yeah we broke down we, we like we started crying we started literally we started crying we had tears in our eyes like we are pleading we had joined our hands together and we like you know so please you know let us talk and then he was like no that's what he just said and then we had to go inside the room we had to just go sit there we were literally sitting and crying inside we didn't know what to do we were like we have no idea what to do we just sat we were just sitting there for a very long time and then after a few hours or something uh around 11 o'clock or 11:30 in the night one of the lady officer came and then she took me to another uh, room so it's basically a cell so i didn't know i was going to a cell so they took me to another room so where uh, they will tell us to you know stand like uh, to check the entire body if you're carrying any kind of uh, you know stuff like knives or something like that illegal things and then she checked my entire body and then later she made me remove my shoes lace and even the lace we have it in the pants to tighten up our pants to waist we had to remove that everything my earrings everything had to remove and then later uh, they put us into a cell so there were basically like three cells and one huge uh, room so in each cell there were two people so when i entered there was one more girl who was also there so she is from hyderabad so we were put in a cell we were not given anything to eat from 1:30 till the next day so this was in the airport yes still in the airport and how many hours had passed since you guys started your journey we basically left our house at 13th august 7:30 we left and uh, we boarded the flight on early in the morning 1:20 what was the flight timings and then later that uh, we reached paris and then we came to atlanta on 1:30ish so when this was going it was 1:30 pm in the local timings so 1:30 pm eastern yep this is just beyond horrific At what point did they stop questioning you and interrogating you? Like what time was that? I don't remember because we didn't have uh, a phone so also to check the time. Maybe uh, it was like almost like 2-3 hours. Okay. And so they had you in the cell overnight and they didn't offer you any food or anything. Yes. So basically we were put in the cell around 11:30ish. For me 11:30ish. So around like post 11 uh, I had taken into a room as I said and then uh, I was put in the cell. Then later Balaji was there. Balaji will continue with respect to that his experience. So before Balaji takes her what was in the cell Panisha like did you guys have like your own beds or do you have like a place to sit? Oh that is a uh, yeah I'll tell you the entire thing so basically I can literally still pictureize how it was if i close my eyes it was a small room and there was a very thin mattress a very thin mattress baby size beds and it was on the floor and there was a washroom not like what exactly a washroom it was like an open commode it was made of yeah it was steel and uh, right above the commode there was a camera right above it and the even worst part is there was no flush for it the flush was outside whenever we had to use the washroom we had to tell the officer if by chance they are passing by or if anyone is sitting in the opposite room we had to knock on the door call them and tell them to flush it that's when we could use it jesus christ sounds like prison yeah If this is in grounds for a lawsuit against these people I don't know what what else is They had given us to wrap ourselves a very very thin aluminum sheet not exactly like a sheet it's like it's almost in the size of a paper that was a thing to wrap ourselves for the cold that's how the cell was it Just sounds like the Biden administration is trying to take a playbook out of the Nazis uh, handbook it's unbelievable in terms of lawsuits you know, suing people at the port of entry it, it's it's tricky i would think the lawsuit that you'd want to file is challenging the fraud fighting 
not challenging the deportation or not even challenging the violation of rights, although you, you could potentially sue them in, in tort under what's called the Bivens theory, sue the officers individually, which is something to consider. But I think really what you want to do is you want to take all these horrific facts together and you want to put them in front of a judge and say, invalidate the fraud finding and see if we can get traction that way with the courts. And it's actually very interesting regarding the fraud finding, John. Balaji will probably walk us through it towards the end of his story. Balaji, you wanted to add on to your experience to this? Like Manisha said once, uh, I was sent back into the room with Manisha. So we both were talking like, dude, what is happening? Is this even real? This sounds like a dream. I just want to wake up from it. And we're literally horrified to the core. Like Manisha has like lost hope completely. I'm trying to like build her hope. Like, don't worry, don't worry. And then after five minutes, I lose hope. And she's like, don't worry, don't worry. Nothing is going to happen. And then I just told, dude, what if actually we get banned? What is going to actually happen? Can you even think of it? And then five minutes later, boom, they call me and Manisha out. They're like, Manisha and Balaji come out and like Manisha explained about that scenario. He just told that in one statement, they're canceling your visa and you're, and you're banned to enter the United States. Like you have no idea the entire day how much I have cried. I don't think I've ever cried so much in my entire life. I sobbed. I pleaded everything possible. Sir, please, please, just one call to the university. That's all I ask. But he's like, no, the decision has been made. Just go back inside and if you're talking he used to just tell you're banned do you understand it we say something do you not understand it and then he was like you're going in or going to cuff you and then you'll be put behind bars or be forcing you in so that time we had no other option but we had to go in so we went inside and then let me just tell you a small like the timeline which Manisha couldn't like tell properly because she told she couldn't remember. So around 1 o'clock, 1.30 we entered the uh, immigration room. Till 8.30 in the evening, that is when this is the time they told us that you're banned. So till 8.30, no food, nothing. The only thing there was a washroom and there was water which you could drink, no phone access, absolutely nothing interaction with the outside world or anything like that. So later they started the interrogation, the final interview checking like giving the DNA and fingerprints. So that's when they started calling and Manisha was second that's around 11 i remember the time clearly it was 11 45 when manisha went in so before manisha there was one girl who went first so let me tell you one more thing which uh, you guys might not know so what was happening outside when one by one was called no we didn't know because they used to go out talk and come back inside and we are not allowed to talk to each other if you see they see us talking a lot they used to come back and like just check what are you guys whispering and all that so later once manisha went she, she went at 11 45 she spoke something and then she they just told her take the belongings and come i'm like where is she going we don't know because what is happening outside we are not allowed outside until they're called so she took her belongings and she was sent i was shocked i thought okay maybe they let her go and now they're sending her to us that's what we thought because we had to board the flight at 11 45 so until 11.38, I never lost hope. I was like praying to every guard possible. Like, please, some miracle happens. They just send us and they can board the flight. Till 11.40 also, I had hope that maybe they might accept five minutes. I can just board off. They might take consider. But then when 11.45 came, I just said, okay, I'm not going to St. Louis. It's decided. But then when Manisha's happened at 11.45, I thought, okay, they're sending her to the flight. Maybe her uh, visa, like they accepted her. They considered gave her a second chance. And she went off outside. Then later, one by one was being called like that. And everybody was like talking and they were go- they were taking their belongings and going. So we don't know what is happening. We are all like so like confused. What is happening? What is happening? We don't know. And then once it started 11.45, it went till 3.30 a.m. So that's 26 hours. I was the last person to be processed. And again, like I mentioned, that officer who was taunting me, so once when in, in between when some people are being called, he just asked the secondary officer, asked, what about this guy? He pointed at me. What about this guy? So he was like, no, 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 he's my guy. I'll handle him. Don't worry. That's what he said loudly. So I was like, okay, well, dude, what is this? He's targeting me or something. I'm like shocked. Then later at 3.30 a.m., I was the last guy to be processed. Literally the last guy in the room and the entire airport. Like only we can see outside, there was no one else other than me and the three, four officers. At 3.30 a.m., I was called. 
at uh, then he was like uh, okay you have been uh, your visa has been cancelled you are being banned so i wanted to sign these three you have to make these three signatures one signature is that you agree that you have broken the immigration and law and second thing is that you agree that you have made a mistake and third is third thing is that uh, you shall not enter the united states again so i was like sir what is this happening so he's like see be be happy that i'm not banning you for lifetime because you're a fraud for what you have done i have to ban you for a lifetime but be lucky i'm like sir like please sir, try to understand if you don't sign it now i'll be putting a lifetime ban sir please sir and he's like see 5 seconds if you ban- if you don't sign it your lifetime ban for sure he's like 1 2 3 4 5 six sir sir and then he's like okay you're banned for life i'm like what is even happening is this even real what is it like 5 seconds is deciding my fate and i'm like so confused that that moment and then he's like sir please sir he's like uh, just lift this lifetime ban that's the only request put from you he's like okay sign the, then i'll see what it can be done so later i had to sign it and then later i was taken into another room behind the immigration uh, panel so there they took my like all like how they do the biometrics in visa like a four fingers and the thumbs and then they gave us a stick so a stick was to uh, the dna test a swab uh, we had to put it on our cheek inside like inside our cheek and then has to give it to them like rub it in, in the inside of our cheek and give it back to him so apparently that is because so that we shouldn't enter united states again and if we try to enter like impersonating someone else or like by changing our appearance also with our dna fingerprints or, or anything they can be we can be caught if we try to enter before 5 years that's what they told at that time you have no idea i just requested him sir please i am begging you just give me 5 minutes to talk to you please because this is a huge problem for me in my entire career because i have dreamt a lot of long term plan in us because i am plan to do my masters i am plan to do my flying and everything is planned if you do this you will be shattering all my dreams and my parents dreams as well it's going to be too horrifying for me i have sold my motorcycle as my bike i sold my bike because i could pay for the rent so i sold my bike which gave me around 1.6 lakhs in indian rupees and that's how i paid my initial deposits for the rent and i put some of my money in the forex card and then i told him my house is in under mortgage i have taken a 50 lakhs loan and my house is under mortgage so a lot of sacrifices sir please consider please consider talking to the superior officer once he is like see balaji either you can give me the answers i need or you can just waste your time and my time and waste your energy as well and he was just making his hand sign of blah and you can just do blah 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 that's all i'm going to say and then some other officer is like suddenly he came and like what is the hatile happening then he is like no sir i'm doing it and later i gave all the fingerprints and i understood is nothing is going to work and then he was he told me take your belongings i took my belongings and then he took me to a room so i until then i never knew where everybody was going only when they went outside the room they were getting to know okay so when i went outside the room at 3:30 am like when all of this happened around 4 am i went so at 4 am when i went then i saw in that room first i see manisha's bag outside her cabin bag then i go oh shit so manisha is here she didn't go to us i thought she actually went off that's because i don't know what is happening because once the one person goes in doesn't come inside he takes his belongings and goes like follows the officer so once i see manisha's bag then i see some other people's bags there then i got okay these people are in this room then he took me a little forward through the hallway and then i see there's a huge room with all the guys in it they were separated into two rooms girls in one room and guys in one room and i see all the eight guys along with me who are they're going to be sent back to their country so all of them were indians by the way only we both were from karnataka bangalore and rest all of them were from hyderabad so all of them are there inside so as soon as i went in like manisha said we had some basic frisking he told that uh, i have to remove my hoodies in the hoodie there's a thread which we used to tighten or loosen the hood so that he asked me to remove he asked me to remove the uh, lace in my shoes and then later even the in the joggers the knot he asked me to remove and put it out and even my my sister actually it's so like i feel so horrible to say this my sister had tied me a rakhi i don't know if john knows about this so, rakhi is a ceremony we celebrate is between brothers and sisters so spread their love they tie us a band as rakhi 
Raki. So that's to show our love to our sibling. So she had tied me a Raki because I couldn't be for Raki in August, later August, because I was leaving before Raki. She had tied me a Raki. She's like, I have to cut that also. I can't help it. She had to cut my sister's Raki, which was so horrifying to watch. And I was literally in tears at that time. So, and later he started frisking me, probably checking that if I have any drugs. You won't even believe he tried to remove my soul in the shoe, thinking that I've hid something there. And he tried to touch me everywhere if I have hid anything possible. And then later uh, he asked me to remove my shoes, all that. And then uh, he asked, do you have anything in your pocket? Anything? I was like, no, sir, nothing in my pocket. And he saw one mask and he like, you have to keep that also outside. And then I went inside the room and that time I see that all the guys are there. So we are talking to them and all that. So this is more than 26 hours. No food, no food, no phone access. And I was so exhausted by crying. And later I see that there are eight guys and only five beds. When by the time I came in, everybody was settled in their places. They had chosen their places where they want to sleep. So the last three guys who came, one guy slept on the chair. One guy slept on the table. I tried to sleep on the table, but I couldn't. Later, I had no option, but I had to sleep on the bare floor, bare cold floor. And they gave us a foil paper, which is as thin as a gift wrapping paper. I had to put it on myself and sleep. And I couldn't even sleep for that long. It was so horrible. And uh, at four o'clock when I went in, before I slept, they asked us, do you want food? Like when I went in, I saw people were eating there. They were being offered food. So that's when they gave us food and they gave us to eat some chicken noodles and some pasta. So I couldn't even eat that because of this horrifying experience. Like nothing could go in. Again, at 7.30 in the morning, I slept for hardly an hour. I couldn't sleep also. It was so horrifying to watch. I'm just trying to pinch myself to come out of this dream. Is this even actually happening? Like who would even expect that this would happen? I've never heard of this sort of thing happening. I have heard of people who have done some illegal things in US, like worked outside of campus and got sent back. They've done some crime or something like that. But we are genuine, legitimate students who have come to study and nothing else, no other intention. But later, I was trying to put myself to sleep and then at 7.30 when we woke up, they are like, having sent your home country and they said that my flight is at 3.30 in the afternoon, so be ready by then to leave. I was like, okay, sir. And then uh, 3.30 came and um, at 3.30, they asked, uh, you can go with your flight is with Manisha, you can go with her. So me and Manisha were taken to some uh, small room, some waiting room. All three officers who were there last night were there sitting there and in openly in front of us, they were having this conversation telling that, uh, hey guys, he was addressing the other guy. Hey, how do we keep account of this operation? Like, how do we keep count of these cases? What all we have closed? Apparently, other guy was like, I don't think they keep, we have to keep account and you have to show it to them. There's no other option. So the previous night, when I was then all of this was happening, I could see the superior officer, like this officer, immigration officer, superior officer was consoling one girl. The telling that, don't worry, you can always purchase some other drinks. I could hear a little bit. I could see him consoling the one, one of the girl from India who was being deported. And I thought, okay, maybe that's why I asked, can I talk to the superior officer? That's when I asked him, sir, please give me five minutes of time. But then the next day, like when we were waiting in the flight, that person has sent them a mail telling that great job, guys. Last night was a huge success. That's what they say to each other. They're literally telling it so that we could hear. So that's again a taunt. So they're speaking loudly. And then later we were sent to the plane. And the most horrifying thing was again happening there. We were escorted from every connecting flight. Like again, it was the same flight back, like Atlanta to Paris to Bangalore. And every connecting flight, we were escorted by a police officer. Two police officers took us, like one for me, one for Manisha, took us to the Paris flight. And they didn't give us a phone or passport until then. Okay. No phone, no passport. In my envelope, there's only my passport. And Manisha's doc- document, there was a passport and a degree certificate. So it was handed over to the chief crew member. And uh, they told that these people are deportees and so and so. And uh, please handle them. So the crew staff told that uh, you go and sit in your place. And you're not supposed to deport the plane until you're the last person. Only after everyone is deported, you can deport. So I was like, okay, sir, we will do that. And in the flight also, that's when we called our parents. That's when they gave our phone to us. And we boarded the flight. And you have no idea. It was around, for in Indian time, it was one o'clock in the midnight. I call my mom and I tell that she's not able, able to believe. She's like, what? 
you're coming back and i started sobbing again like losing it manisha is calling her mom and parents are like they are, they, what they all thought is we have reached uh, st louis but like you know we won't have uh, internet facility once we come out to the airport because we don't have a sim there uh, they thought we have slept off and uh, they'll call us in the morning that's what they thought but later when we told all of this happening they're like stop crying don't worry just come back safely that's important one thing is that our parents were superly our families both our families were super supportive in this but we were so embarrassed to go home like how can we show like i know it's not our mistake okay but we have said goodbye to everyone and the next day we are coming back sent back to our country cancelling our visa and being banned from the country it is so embarrassing to go back how do we show our faces to our family our friends it was so horrible thinking about that in the plane so later when we came to paris again after everyone deboarded then me and manisha were asked to come and again paris two police officers came they escorted us and they took us to the customs place in uh, paris customs uh, department so there again we were made to wait the layover time of 4 hours we were made to sit there only we were not supposed to go anywhere else we had we were under their control and under their supervision so we were waiting there again in the customs of paris and then again we had to board the flight to the escort and again we boarded the flight to bangalore and now when we came to bangalore and we reached again the we were supposed to deboard after everyone left and then later again one guy came he took me to the immigration department and this is the most horrible thing we has happened with me so when i went to the immigration they are like what happened like what is their situation so that person who took us here like they handed these these documents to us and told that they are deportee so what i don't understand is the meaning of deportee is you enter the country you do something wrong and they send you back that is deportation but i was in a no man's land i have not even entered us because i was not cleared at immigration how can they call me a deportee that's And shocked me even more. Like, what are they saying? I'm a deportee. That's completely a wrong picture on my profile and Manisha's profile. And then they're like, okay, give me the documents. And then they're like, there's no document inside except our passport. Apparently, when someone is sent back to their country, they're supposed to provide a docket with around six or seven pages stating what are the reasons and that interview which happened with them, what are the answers we said, and what are the reasons they're sending us back. But that document is not provided. They're like, what is this? That immigration officer, he's a superior immigration officer in the Bangalore International Airport. So he's like, in my 35 years of experience, I have never seen any deportee being sent back without a document that too from a country like us they are like how now how can we take them as deportees without any document what to do i am like dude what is even happening first us sends me back and now my own country is telling that how do i take them back i am like what should i do sir what should we do in this situation tell me so like no balaji try to understand so it's supposed to provide us a document and we should attach that document along with your passport saying that they were deported and then we can let you out of the airport or else you can we can take you as a normal passenger because they have not provided us a document but the problem is later when the indian government or the airport check happens and when they find that why were balaji and manish sent without a deportation stamp they are also i'm thinking like why are they even calling us deportees i was not deported my visa was cancelled and sent back at immigration i was in a no man's land and then he was like okay but you can't fight back because if you fight back the case then uh, we will be immigration will be held accountable but that's one way we can help you we can take you as a normal passenger so that you won't be held you will be counted as a deportee because if i'm counted as a deportee it will be marked in the indian government telling that i was deported from us so that's a black mark for my passport a black mark for my career opportunities in india or abroad and i want to become a pilot that's my my dream job like every everybody from my childhood knows me as pilot balaji so i was like so shocked that passport is the most important thing for a pilot and if there's a deportee stamp and there's a cancelled visa from us i was so distorted at that time and then later he was like if you want to fight back we can't do anything but you have to take you as a deportee so they took us as a deportee and then later uh, they put a stamp on it and they told that we are banned to fly for 90 days uh, out of india our passport is not valid for 90 days so i'm like okay shit so even if this issue gets cleared also i cannot fly for 90 that means that i am definitely staying in at home till january or something so 
I just realized, okay, me going back to US in coming, I just thought I had this hope, like maybe I, this thing might get sorted and it might help. So later we called my professor, or my professor telling that, so all this happened and he was also very furious, telling that how can they do this without informing the embassy or the university they're not supposed to send back a student, but why are they doing this against the rule? They were very furious as to what is happening. Like Manisha said, we have been so close to the professors, like we picked them from the airport, we initiated a call with the HOD telling that we want to know all this and then we had the meetings, before we go in only the members, administrative members of SLU were knowing us, oh this is Balaji and Manisha, right? I've heard you a lot about you and Manisha, we were saying that you guys are very good and very, very proactive and all that. So we have spoken to our professors, we have picked them from the airport, that's how close we were and this happened with us, so even more horrible to even realize that even though doing so much, we are being faced with this unfair treatment. So later when we reached Bangalore airport at 12.30 in the night, but we came out at 5.30, that's 5 hours of immigration procedure. We are supposed to write a letter stating our experience and they attached it to their passport, put a stamp and sent us out. It was so horrible because right now what has happened with us, no, it's so like, we are so clueless, like it's registered in our passport that our visa was cancelled and we were deep and we have in, in stamped in our passport that we were deported to India. So going to another country is horrible and now if we have left our jobs, we are clueless what to do. So horrible for us and uh, it's beyond words to you even explain. And when we were pa- passing in the airport also, people were like giving us stares like, okay, have they done something illegal? Why are they being sent in through a police officer and all that? So yeah, this is what happened till the end. Wow, it's a lot, Balaji. Those three forms that they made you sign, did you have an option not to sign those forms? I know they kind of intimidated into saying, hey, lifetime ban or not, but did you have an option not to sign those? No, no, no. They're like, I have to sign it or I'll be, I was threatened that I'll be getting a lifetime ban if I don't sign it. Yes, actually we had an option. I'll tell you what happened to me also, like how Ubalaji had also uh, gone through the process of a DNA and fingerprints and signatures and all. So even I had to go through that and uh, first thing was the fingerprints and my DNA was taken and then uh, I had to do the uh, signature on the three documents. First document was that uh, you should tell the truth. So I was like, I was being honest with respect to my answers. So I was okay to sign it. So I just, uh, I did a signature on that. The second one, we violated the immigration laws. So I was like, so no, we didn't do that. So I was like, no, I didn't do that. And then uh, the third one was uh, that we are uh, banned for the five years. I was like, sir, can you just talk to me? Can you just consider to talk to me? And like, so either you sign or don't sign. I'm like, okay, I'm not signing. I told him I'm not. Then he took me back. He was, like, he was on the way back to the cell. Then he threatened me saying that, see, because you didn't sign, uh, it might lead to a very bad situation future. So yeah, then I had to sign, no, because he threatened me like it might be a huge thing later. So what will I do? I had no clue. I had to sign back again. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll sign it. So he became so angry. He started opening the door, smashing the door, and he was like, okay, fine, come. I'm like, okay, why is this person getting so angry for no reason? Then again, I went there, I signed, or then later I was sent back. And as uh, Balaji said that uh, he heard some higher officer talking to an Indian uh, uh, girl, it was actually me. I spoke to one of the officer, the lady officer. I told her I started crying. I was like, you know, give us a chance to talk and please take, take this case because he, we are very legit students we have all the proof I started explaining her everything see we have come here with a lot of dreams with us we have our parents who are also you know put their efforts put their money and their energy everything for our dream to be fulfilled then she's like okay fine I will connect you to you and another higher officer so around 1 o'clock 
am uh, that was the time he was about to pack and go so that time he actually came i was like sir can you please you know consider about what is happening see i told him everything then he asked me where i am from and uh, where i was going and again he asked me a few questions like that then i like i told everything no so this is the reason why i was going to slow and everything i told and then he was like i literally went on my knees i went on my knees i begged him so please try to consider this you know it's a huge thing for all the students are here said dreams is destroyed so please try to consider this so he's like okay fine tomorrow uh, again at 1 pm afternoon i'll come because he was the one who was supposed to sign all the 15 cases which happened he's like okay i will uh, recheck everything uh, and especially also i will check he said and then i i just kind of felt like maybe there's an hope because he told that he would check then later i waited i waited i waited like but then we were ultimately sent back so everything whatever we did was they didn't even care to even check see even if they had gone through a documents you no know, they were at least understood because we had carried everything like literally everything John in case they had not signed those three documents do you think they would have been any any difference in their cases if they had not uh, signed that i don't know just just thinking through or just wondering what would have been the course of events in case they decided against signing it so the the lie in what they're saying to people is that sign it or you get a lifetime ban what they're alleging is that you're trying to get an immigration benefit through fraud or misrepresentation and that carries with it a lifetime ban so by admitting to that and signing the document you're getting a lifetime ban regardless and so cbp through their their tactics in in ice are a lying to people but uh they're they're banning them for life anyway regardless of what they're saying so the they essentially just they're just tricking people yeah you confess guilt by signing that document so then they're covered they can say no the person agreed that they're doing something wrong and they don't tell anybody that matters that they're really abusing your rights and you're they're lying and coercing unlawfully coercing somebody to, for to give a confession and you you guys saw a lot of people in the rooms right uh, manisha you saw like i think one of the person in balaji saw like seven did you find any commonalities or common traits between you guys whether it was university or do you know if they had gone to idp as well or did they decide to pay the first semester fees after coming just out of curiosity did you see any common traits between you guys and them and i'm sure you when you met you must have spoken right i mean that's like the only person you can share your problems with what i felt is when from the talks they were having it between themselves i just felt that they had mentally prepared themselves that we're going to they're going to send so i forgot to tell this one point which is a very actually a very important point my roommate traveled like the person who had shared my accommodation with me and manisha there was another two guys from hyderabad as well so the one of the roommate traveled on 9th august through the same flight itinerary through the same airport that atlanta airport and he told me that because i just asked how is the immigration check i wanted to i was just curious to know how is it so like no bro no, there's not much questions so i went to the atlanta airport they just asked me why you come to us which course and all that and he sent me in he just cleared my passport and sent me in so i was like okay it's peaceful and uh, did he pay the first semester fees did you know that no because yeah because i told you right in the pre webinar like the pre arrival webinar the, the dean of our college itself told that you don't have because i was the person who raised that question like is it okay if we don't pay the fees because actually there was a rumor in uh, a whatsapp in indian chat saying that uh, a girl was sent back like uh, there was a stamp on her passport like denied and she was sent back to india because she had not paid her fees so that's when people started telling us that like this was a month before like in july or june or july they told that pay your semester fees before you go 
that's when I started sending the mails. Yeah, because the university never guided us telling that you have to pay the fees. So that's when I started asking them. So I just asked a question in that, telling that in that prior webinar. Like, ma'am, uh, there was there was some chats in uh, saying that the girl was sent back. Uh, I don't know if she was from, she was not from Saint Louis, but uh, she was sent back because she had not paid the semester fees, and so we should be paid. How should we pay? Like, no, Balaji, that's actually a rumor. She was not sent back because she had not paid her fees. It was some for some other reason. I don't want to share it. They're like, okay, ma'am, but how can we pay the fees now? Because we have our funds ready. Like, no, you don't have to pay the fees. I had a doubt. Like, what if they ask in the immigration? Like, no, you don't have to. All in the embassy itself, your visa has been as uh, like issued by the embassy. So they have checked all your documents. That's why they feel you're a legit person who's coming to us. That's why they granted your visa. You don't have to worry. They won't check all that in immigration. You don't have to worry. But to my bad luck, that had to happen with me and Manisha itself. Balaji, the other seven people in your room, did you understand if they had the same issues? Most of the people in Saint Louis had not paid the fees. All of them. Like all of the ten people, so that was the one reason which everybody were denied. One reason was that, but other reasons, some people were t- uh, some people were telling that like they said that you all have come through some consultancy. That's why you have all scripted your answers. That's why you are uh, you have cleared the interview. All that they have same reasons. Yeah, but uh, one person he had like they had a legit reason because his passport was, like his visa was denied the second time. So in the third attempt he cleared it. So because of that they sent him back. So people before us, one week before us, have gone. And when we spoke to our professor, like we are in constant touch with our professor, he told that after we were sent back. And the news was spreading that this is happening with Indian students. Saint Louis students started coming in. That's what he told. Like one of the students who came to the university, they told him. Like the student told that he was held for six hours, and but then later they sent him. Like they allowed him entry to the US. So people for like four days, those four days, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, all of them had were sent back. But before and after, everybody were let in. So it's just a bad time at a bad day or bad place. So it's like my roommate itself was sent in with the same profile, but same universities. Like I was not. Like me and Maisha were not sent in. So Balaji, did you hear what the department of Homeland Security told the Indian consulate the reason for this was yeah so actually we sp- oh, that's one more horrible thing i forgot to tell you so what happened is my i told my father that write a mail because i don't have my internet access write a mail to the atlanta embassy telling that all of this happened maybe they can help me be somehow so my father wrote a mail and uh, luckily it was so like the indian embassy was so proactive that they called my dad he's from atlanta embassy so he called my dad and he was so shocked because i had sent him a photo of what the passport like how it was it was scribbled cancelled what the funny thing is he couldn't even spell the word cancelled there was a spelling mistake in that as well so see, it was scribbled cancelled not a stamp and uh, later uh, he was like this is so horrible why has he scratched it like this and later he, my dad explained him a little things because I had not told all of this in detail I just told these two reasons but because of that they were sent back so he was like no this is completely wrong they should inform the embassy before they send any student back or they should tell the inform the university but none of them both of those things were not done and then there, he was like telling that after one one or two weeks so this happened last week so as, as I think sir I was asking people around they told that they need a document if you want to fight this case back and and when you are and prove that you are innocent you need to get the document what have they written why have they sent you back and all that so that you can prepare counter arguments and proof saying that all of this is falsely accused and i am not wrong at my side but when he found the document he told that i'll check and find the I'll get it from that us immigration uh, i'll check and get the document you know what is a horrifying thing they have put a false accusation on me telling that apparently i have told them that i couldn't come on a b1 b2 visa that's why i came in f1 visa i am like what is this what is this bullshit even like what are you even saying i didn't even know there's a b1 b2 visa i just knew there was a f1 M1, J1, and H1B1. And they put a false accusation telling that I couldn't come in a B1, B2 visa. That's why I came in an F1 visa. And one more reason they have accused me is that I have uh, not paid the fees. So that's why. And one another reason was that I have gone through a coaching for the interviews. It's against the immigration law. So these are the three statements mentioned in my document, which states why I was sent back. And is it the same for Manisha? No, but for Ma- for Manisha, it was not mentioned regarding the B1, B2. But for me, it is mentioned. Look, I am like, why is this guy targeting me or something? I don't understand. I'm at a loss for words. I I just don't know what to say. Like, 
And uh, you know what's the cherry on the cake, John and Sanjay? Ever since this happened, right, I've been trying to look at forums to see, if, you know, see if I could come across someone who had to go through this just to understand what happened because the news articles were not very clear, right? And then I stumbled across Manisha's comment, right? She was brave enough to write a paragraph. Now, the sad thing, right, when you see that someone's gone through this, what's your first reaction? You feel sorry for them, you empathize with them, right? Especially since uh, most of that forum was mainly for people who've been here. But the sad and the disgusting thing is that they're just getting hate after hate. Comments saying, oh, you're here to fraud the system. You don't have documents in place. You're just here for off-campus employment. One after the other, I'm like... You, you can see that someone's already down and it's just kicking them more. One of the main reasons why I was like, and I've been bugging Balaji and Manisha, like, hey guys, can we chat? Can we chat? One of the main reasons was that it just bothered me so much. I was like, no, I want to give these guys a platform to like actually talk about the stories. And you can see how proactive these guys are. They spoke to their HODs. They spoke to the people that the admissions office knew them. They've gotten an internship. And on top of it, the folks online just see it and have the audacity to just say, hey, no, these guys are here defraud the system for me that was just the icing on the cake events were there to go through like freaking horrific right now they've like put up with online haters no, that's just the cesspool of what the internet is and people's like you know basal instincts are you know it's it's been there ever since i don't know the internet started, but i don't know i'm more cynical that way to, to assume people's good intentions you know especially random folks <laughs> Uh, is there anything these guys can do, John? You know, like I mentioned earlier, I think what they should do is they should have a targeted attack on the fraud finding. And it would be ideal if you could bring all of those students together in one case. They're all telling the exact same story. And it'll hit the judge and hit the judge's clerks is a pretty horrific story as well. And that's probably your best chance to get the, the fraud finding overturned because factually the fraud finding is bogus. And you know, the agency has lied to the consulate it's lied to the public about what happened i don't know is there an attorney that you would recommend who they can reach out to or is that something that falls under your area can they reach out to you i don't know just wanted to give them a lead something they can reach out to yeah sure so i, I was actually just uh texting with jesse bless who's a good friend of mine and he's an immigration litigation attorney as well just asking him about him. Yeah, if he wants to consider taking on this case with me, if if uh, the plaintiffs want to do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think for now we can get the information and pass it on to you guys, and then you guys can, you know, reach out and talk to uh, John and uh, John's colleague and take it forward from there. And then Sanjay and I are always here to help out and assist uh, whatever ways we can. Uh, this is this was something we wanted to see, you know, just give you guys a connection with John to see if any leads come out of it. But please reach out to John. He's a great resource. And then maybe set up a call. See if you can, you know, like you said, get the other students also, because the larger the group is, the better it is for you guys. And then um, I definitely think you should uh, pursue this further instead of just, you know, just letting this slide because it's uh, injustice that's happened to you. And uh, just don't take it lying down. So there's a lot of protections that exist for the government at the port of entry in terms of protecting them from litigation. But there's a saying in law that bad facts or good facts make bad law or good facts you know, or reverse that as well. What we have here is horrific facts. And I think that is enough to potentially sway a court that there is an exception to the general rule that you can't sue in this situation. But I guess, yeah, that's the conversation, like, it's particularly for Manisha and Balaji, maybe that's something you can discuss with, with you, John, and figure out what. Yeah, 
Definitely. All right. Well, it was good talking with you guys. Thanks, John. Thanks for making time. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you so much, you guys, for for you know taking this time for talking to us. Like, I'm honestly like I'm actually very angry. The main thing what you're looking for is try to get that document because the document is there. It's why we were sent back and all that. Because until we get that, we can't fight back in any way possible because we don't know what they have said. Because what I'm telling you was the reason which I felt, but whatever they have mentioned was different. We went through the same journey, Balaji. Yeah, we went through the exact same thing. F1 and also Saint Louis, like a lot of intersection points, and then we just felt like we had to try do something because for you guys to have resources to lawyers from India or to know who to reach out to from India will probably be a little difficult, and because we've kind of spoken to a bunch of folks here, we we just wanted to help make some connections. Talk about your story that in case there's someone in the future coming like this, they know uh, that this is one horrific reality that could come true. We just wanted to educate them as well, but the main intention was just to help people. Feel free to reach out to us anytime, guys. You guys have numbers just reach out whenever you want to talk or you need uh, some assistance in anything and and if it helps like john was actually previously employed at uscis so he knows both sides of the government he used to work for uscis before getting fed up with the sort of discrimination that that happens thank you so much for even you know like taking the step and uh, reaching out to us so it's really great for me and balaji also to come out of our uh, thing and uh, you know tell other people what is what exactly happened uh, because when uh, there was a post in uh, i guess it was a page called uh, it's okay yeah so in that uh, post i had uh, put a comment what exactly happened and i got so many hate comments saying that this was like you know there, there was very bad comments like you know you you deserve this you know you people have to be in india you, ha- you should not be in, in the like, us next level hate comments were there like even they use slangs like you know chuti shit people you are you know. so i just want to tell those people out there please stop spreading such things because you were not in our shoes we were in our own shoes and we know what exactly happened there so just tell those people to really stop putting such hate comments and uh, thanks to you both for taking up this podcast and uh, reaching out to us thanks a lot and thanks to john also one final thing manisha you guys uh, said this one line just kind of stood with me and you know i just felt really bad hearing it how can we face people don't put your heads down okay it's no not your fault you guys did everything you could you actually went more above and beyond you actually did more than most of the students 90% of the students coming here so never put your heads down it's not your fault uh, don't feel ashamed or embarrassed of it don't shy away from oh what would people think no it doesn't matter what they think screw them you guys are stronger now you guys went through something you guys are doing this right yeah. a lot of people will just keep quiet and just not do it but you guys are bold and brave enough to do it so props and kudos to you and uh, we we all wish you all the best all our prayers are with you as well you guys will do well yeah thank you so much uh, sanjay and rahul like for uh, contacting us and telling that uh, you want to do a podcast with you because we are trying to reach out to people because we want to prove that we are innocent because like manisha said uh, when she posted things this is happening in social media there are people giving hate comments and all that so i don't want to prove it to them because people will keep spreading hate so i don't want to prove it to them but i want to prove it mainly to the people who sent us back that is the us immigration that i am a legitimate student who has come to the usa to study and i have all the documents to prove it but they said i don't have it but i am ready to go to any extent to prove my innocence you know affect our profile is a huge black mark so anywhere we go uh, like a future career prospects like they want to send us to some different country and then they'll be like okay so you were sent back from us you was deported so you had done something and i just hope 
maybe somehow through you guys some link a small link also is a great favor but what you're doing is also a great favor because this also helps whatever we explained it also helps people to know that okay this is what happened with them they deserve justice maybe some spread of word somehow some link and you had john who is actually a reputed lawyer here corroborate your facts yeah. right he yeah. confirmed what yeah. you said he validated it right that's that's a that's a big deal here as well yeah that's the actually that's that's the very important because we got some legal advice as well because yep. us for talking it will be like we are telling you you are hearing Correct. about it and you're giving advices from your end experience but through john we got a lot of information as well so thank you for adding him and again thank you john for coming on the call and giving us this time <sighs> and that was i'm i'm still i don't know a range of emotions going over in my head right now i know i was very impressed by how strong those two are i mean uh, they were still holding themselves up with dignity they walked us through the entire horrific chain of events without skipping a single piece of detail if you notice if one person forgot a piece of information the other made sure that it was discussed so that we got the entire big picture kudos to those two i hope no one else has to go through incidents like this I hope they and the remaining students get the justice that they uh, deserve and I hope they get to pursue their dream of a high education and the American dream. I I really pray that they do. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like always if this is only a small percentage of the cases that we come to know across. I feel like we are fortunate enough to connect with folks like these people that they could share their stories on our platform. We are very fortunate that way to get them, but there are so many so many people who don't have that opportunity. So if any of you who are listening feel that this connected with some part of your immigration journey here in the US you know please please do share it voice your concern on you know how things can change every opinion counts because that will change the system and we'd love for you to do that any other student i know there were like 13 other students who had to go through this if, if you happen to come across this episode and you guys want to share your experience as well we'd be more than happy to have you guys as guests on another episode to talk through your experience as well so please reach out if anyone else had to go through an incident like this and want to have your story shared reach out because um, what Sanjay and I are trying to create here is just a platform for you guys to share your stories we don't have any bias towards USCIS we don't have any bias towards any government entity there's no malice in anything that we're trying to do here we want to create a platform because it's very difficult for your voice to be heard if you're a minority yep. a lot of people reach out to us and ask hey you guys are doing this uh, you're targeting some against any government entity we are not we have no bias towards anyone any government organization any entity any country nothing what we want to do is we know how difficult it is being immigrants we've been immigrants our whole life we grew up in the middle east we've been immigrants there now we're immigrants here we know how difficult it is for the voice of a minority to be heard so our goal is that we want to create a platform where you can come on and share your stories it's good if it's bad probably you've seen in previous episodes if there's something good that's been done by USCIS or any other government organizations we've made it a point to share it we made it a point to thank them for it and say that it's in the right step this unfortunately is it's just pretty horrific and Uh, if newspaper articles or other media agencies are not willing to share it this is a platform that we want to create for different people to, to come on and share the stories that's a wrap folks please as always you know give us your feedback on your thoughts uh, anything and everything about what you've heard today we'd love to talk about it if you want to you know get in touch with us uh, to get more details about this uh, we we'd love to do that as well and as always you know thanks for being subscribers yeah the energy is kind of low on this one but you guys kind of understand why thanks for tuning in and we hope to catch you the next one
Thank you.